0: I'm reading from Revelation chapter 5, and it says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders verse number 9 and they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe every language and every people and nation you have made them a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth Revelation 19, and I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True, and with justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns, and he has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on a white horse, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp sword which will strike down the nations and he will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God and on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, in this story of Lion King, we find an incredible theme. Mufasa is the lion king, and he has a son, Simba. And Simba is actually the rightful heir of Mufasa's kingdom. But Scar, Mufasa's brother, is jealous of him, and he plans to kill him. So he makes a plan and plots that during the stampede, that he's going to throw him in the middle of the stampede, and Mufasa dies. Simba's supposed to die with him, but he doesn't, and he goes back to Scar, and Scar tells Simba that it's actually his fault, and the reason why his father died is because he did something wrong, and he needs to run away and never come back again, and so Simba runs away, and Simba actually forgets who he is. He forgets that he is the rightful heir of his father's kingdom, He forgets that he actually is the one who's supposed to be the next lion king. As a result of that, Scar is actually the king of that jungle, of that area. And as a result of that, the the other animals are starving to death. Why? Because he's a mean, cruel king. And so now Simba needs to remember who he is. And we pick up the scene right here. Take a look at this. Good Let's pray together. Lord, I pray today, God, that you bless this sermon in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this movie is a powerful movie, and as as I was watching it, I, I couldn't help but to think how many Christians are truly children of the Lion King who are destined to be a kingdom of priests. And called by God Almighty to be sons and daughters of God, the Most High, who are descendants of the King of Glory, who have forgotten who they really are. You see, as a result of forgetting who they are, they're living far below God's intended destinies for their life. You see, the truth is, Jesus truly is the Lion King. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 tells us that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And why is he called the lion of the tribe of Judah? Well, you have to go back to Genesis chapter 49 to understand why Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. You see, God spoke to Abraham. He appears to Abraham and he tells Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. He said, and you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. But Abraham, you have to obey me and follow me and serve me by faith. You see, faith is the key that unlocks the door of blessing in your life. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. And so faith is that key that opens the door for God's blessings and miraculous, incredible power to work inside of you. And Abraham, by faith, he believes God. And as a result of that, God blesses Abraham abundantly by grace. And Abraham has a son. His son's name is Isaac. And Isaac has a son, and his son is Jacob. And Jacob, at the end of his life, he's about to bless or curse his sons. You see, the truth of the matter, fathers, is that We can either bless our family or curse them by the words that we use. There's power in the tongue to bless or to curse. And it's time for us to begin to speak blessings over our children to speak blessings over people. In fact, I want you to get up in the morning and I want you to speak blessing over your children. You know, every morning I wake up and I pray with my wife and I pray with my daughter and I bless my children every day because I know that there's power in this tongue and I'm injecting in them the blessings of God by the things that I say. Somebody say amen. In fact, I want you to get up in the morning, bless your children, and then I want you to go to work and bless somebody at work. I want you to go to somebody that you work with at work, and I want you to say, you know what, you're special, you're important, and I want you to know that I'm praying for you, that God, whatever God puts on your heart, just bless them, and when they get up off the floor, after you've given them oxygen, they're going to thank you that you came to work, and you had joy in your heart, and you said something positive to them in their life, and so Jacob now is going to either bless or curse his sons, and some of his sons were wicked, really bad. And so all he had was a curse for them. Why? Because he was actually pronouncing judgment on them. And he gets to the fourth son, and the fourth son is Judah. And Jacob speaks into Judah's life. And Jacob says to Judah, Judah, you are going to be like a lion. You are going to be bold and courageous. You are going to be successful in all that you do. He blesses Judah. And he says to Judah, And the scepter will not depart from you, Judah. And what he's actually doing is prophesying over Judah that through Judah and the line of Judah, the Messiah will come. And we know that David was from the line of Judah. We know that Solomon was from the line of Judah. And we know that we can trace the messianic Messiah, Jesus Christ, back to David. And so Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And in Revelation we see that John sees a vision of the angels and the apostles and everyone saying who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy to start the blessings of God? Who is worthy to unleash the judgments of God upon this world? Who is worthy to be the one who actually opens the seals to show what's going to happen in the future? And they said there was no one and then someone said yes, but there is one. He is the Lion of to jesus christ he is the lamb of god that was slain from the foundations of the world he is worthy to open the seal jesus is the great lion king and the truth is the first time jesus came he came as a lamb and the reason why jesus came was to die for the sins of the world that was his mission The Bible says from the foundations of the world Christ Jesus was crucified and why was he crucified because there's no way in the world for us to have eternal salvation without an eternal God paying for our sin he sealed for us forever our redemption our salvation our eternal destiny when he came and died as a lamb even though he was a king even though he was a lion he became a lamb to the slaughter as the bible says and john the baptist says behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the earth and so when jesus was dying on the cross he could have called legions of angels down to rescue him but like a lamb the bible says he did not open his mouth and he was slaughtered so that we might have redemption of our sin so the first time he came as a lamb but i want you to know he coming again. Jesus is coming again. And this time he's not coming like a lamb. He's coming like the lion. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that on his side it will be called his name will be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the lamb who is the lion king who's coming again. Come on somebody say thank you Jesus. I'm looking forward for you coming again. He's the lion of Judah. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, gives us a vivid picture of the lion of the tribe of Judah who rises from the dead. And I want to encourage all of you parents, you know, I really want to encourage you, take away those iPads and those iPhones for a little while. I'm not saying take it away for good, but I am telling you that you've got to get your kids reading again. You've got to go to Barnes & Noble. Is that way? You've got to go to Barnes & Noble. And you've got to have a cup of coffee with your kids and let them read something. Because leaders are readers. And the truth is, we're putting our kids in front of the TV and we're putting our kids on on the iPad because we just don't want to be bothered with them. And you know what? They're getting addicted to that stuff. They're playing these games all day long. They're not learning. They're not growing. You're not expanding their minds. You've got to be disciplined enough to tell you there's enough of this. You've got to read a book. You've got to read a book. They've got to read again. Leaders are readers. You I'm not kidding you. Go to Barnes & Noble and buy some books and get them to read. C.S. Lewis wrote a book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You need to get that. It's an incredible allegory of Jesus Christ. And it stretches their minds because when they're watching, when they're reading this, are understanding allegorically who Jesus Christ really is. He's a great author. And in the book of Revelations, we find that they're actually speaking about the great lion king. And the truth of the matter is, is because God is our father and Jesus is the great lion king, as believers, you and I are now rightful heirs of the father's kingdom. And the Bible tells us that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus our Lord I mean listen what it says in Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 2 it says because of his great love for us everybody say because of his great love Who is rich in mercy he made us alive with Christ everybody say with Christ. with Christ even when we were dead in our sins or transgressions it is by grace you have been saved listen what it says And God, look what he says, raised us up with Christ. Everybody say, with Christ. Christ. And seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So Paul the Apostle tells us that God the Father... By the Spirit of the Lord, raised us up and seated us with Christ in heavenly places. I mean, I want you to close your eyes for a moment, and I want you to picture that when Jesus died on the cross, when he rose again, the Bible says he led those that were captive into captivity, and he brought those out of, even, I want you to know, as the scriptures tells us, he brought us us spiritually into heavenly places, and so we're seated with Christ. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to actually see yourself spiritually. Spiritually, you are now, right now, positionally, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means that you rule and you reign with Christ in heavenly places. That means you have spiritual authority. That means positionally, you have spiritual authority. So do you really understand what happened to you when you you were born again? You see, Romans chapter 6 tells us that we, we died in baptism, we were raised to new life, and we now positionally have authority with Christ. And when we were born again, as the Bible says, Peter says, we've been born again with an incorruptible seed. We were born into royalty. You know, I see these two young men from the UK, and the truth is, you know, they have all of these things now at their disposal. They've got all these cars and all this wealth and all these riches. Why? Because they were simply born into royalty. If They didn't do it. They don't deserve it. They didn't work for it. They were just born into royalty. I want you to know you didn't do it. You didn't deserve it. I didn't do it. I didn't deserve it. But when Jesus Christ came into my life through faith I was born again into royalty come on somebody I was born again into royalty I am a son of God I am a king who reigns with Jesus you are a queen who reigns with Jesus and positionally right now we have authority with Christ somebody say amen I love what Paul says in second Timothy chapter two he said remember Jesus Christ the lion king of Judah Raised from the dead, descended from David. There it is. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Everybody say reign with him. reign with him. So I want to ask you a question. Have you died with Christ? Yes. Have you been united with Christ? Yes. Are you reigning with Christ? Yes. Yes. Romans chapter 6 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning, that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And we were therefore buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live new life. Wow. We too may live a new life. A royal life. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a different people than the world. We've been set apart. For if we have been united, everybody say united. If we've been united with him in his death, we will also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin Might be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves. Everybody say, I'm not a slave. So we would not be a slave to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we also believe that we will live with Christ. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now, I love this. I want you to write this down somewhere. Remember this verse. I want you to memorize it. Because this is going to be your mantra for your life. I want you to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by the trespass of one man's death, death reigned, ruled, controlled, or dominated, through that one man, how much more, everybody say how much more, how much more more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life, everybody say "Reign reign in life, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, listen to me, there is present reigning and there is future reigning. Revelation chapter 1 says, And he had made us kings and priests unto God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, how does this reigning happen? Well, we know that we're going to reign with Christ in the future, we're going to reign with Christ. In the new heaven and the new earth. Now, I know that most of you you have this picture of heaven being clouds and harps and a big service for you know all eternity. You're gonna be singing and listening to Pastor Steve preach. You can't even you can't have a hard time listening to Pastor preach for half an hour. How are you gonna do that for eternity? And I wouldn't want to go to heaven if I had to listen to me preach that long. That's not what heaven is about. I want you to know what heaven's about. Heaven is earth. Look at the earth and look at the unbelievable things that God has created. I mean, the galaxies, the earth, the stars, the planets. I mean, it is awesome what God has created. And the Bible says in Revelations chapter 22, that God is going to make all things new. He's going to make all things awesome. So what is heaven going to look like? What is the new earth going to look like? Put the new earth and new heaven on steroids a, thr- a trillion times over. And that's what heaven is going to be like. Come on, somebody. It is going to be glorious. It is going to be filled with power. It is going to be filled with peace and joy. There's There's not going to be any sickness or pain or disease. And yet, at the same time, we are going to live life to the fullest. And the Bible says that we're going to reign over angels. We're going to reign over kingdoms. I'm going to have my own kingdom when I get to heaven. Glory to God. You can have it now. I want to wait until I get to heaven. Glory to God. You know what? The Bible tells us that we are kings and priests. We are sons and daughters of God. We are heirs with Jesus Christ. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ and heirs of God. And listen to me. If God is the Father who created all these things, there's coming a day when God the Father is going to say to Steve Malazzo, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You received Jesus and because of his abundant grace, you are my son. Now you can enjoy all of the things that I've got in my kingdom. They belong to you. Hallelujah. that's amazing that is amazing that is the gospel that is biblical to believe that we're going to rule and reign with Jesus in the future but I want you to know today right now spiritually emotionally psychologically in every way we should be reigning with Christ right now because the Bible tells us that we're going to reign with him in life so notice what it says again in Romans 5.17. It said, through one man's death, death reigned, controlled and dominated, but he says through one man's righteousness, Jesus Christ, he said we will reign in life through this one man, Jesus Christ. So how does this happen? Well, number one, it happens through his abundant provision of grace in our life. Abundant Provision of grace. And what is grace? Grace is God giving us what we need, when we need it, even though we don't deserve it. What is grace? It's God's favor on our life. Grace is undeserved, unmerited favor. Grace is God pouring upon us, lavishly pouring upon us all of his blessings, Grace is God making us children of God, children of God. It's God giving us everything he wants to give us in unbelievable measure and beyond. You know, Ephesians chapter 1 says, because of the grace of God. We are adopted into his family because of the grace of God. We're blessed beyond measure. Eye is not seen, nor ear is heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man, what God is preparing for those who love him. Because of all of God's grace in our life, God wants to bless us abundantly. He blesses us with his holiness. He blesses us with his righteousness. He blesses us with his Holy Spirit. He blesses us with divine healing. He blesses us with eternal life. He blesses us with his presence. He blesses us with all good things. Hallelujah. As the Bible says, how much more will God give those things to us because he loves us, because he's our heavenly father. So what is grace? It is unmerited favor where God lavishly pours upon us his blessing upon our life. It's the power of God in our life to overcome sin. It's the power of God to live a righteous and holy life. It's the power of God to be the head and not the tail, to be blessed going in and to be blessed going out. It's the power of God flowing in your life so that you might be a lion. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Glory to God. And I want you to know today, it's high time that you and I begin to believe who we are in Jesus Christ and we live it out by faith. We take our stand and we say, yes, this is who I am in Christ Jesus. And it's not because of my good works. It's not because of anything I have done, but it's all because of the grace of God in our life. You and I are recipients of God's incredible grace. What is grace? God giving me what I need when I need it even though I don't deserve it. But Paul the Apostle, he says, how do we reign in life today? One, through the abundant provision of grace. Listen, there will be grace enough grace every day of your life. You don't have to sin. As Paul the Apostle says, you don't have to live in sin. You don't have to live in discouragement and depression. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be bound by pornography. You don't have to be bound by sin, no matter what kind of sin it is. Why? Because Paul the Apostle said, "Shall we continue on sinning that grace may abound? God forbid, don't you know that you died with Christ and you were raised to new love? You're united with him in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you're not a slave to sin any longer. He said, so consider your body dead to sin but alive to Christ. And so we, by his grace, by his grace, we are more than conquerors. Amen. And there's an abundant amount of grace. Grace is on the cross. Grace is in forgiveness. Grace is in transformation. Grace is in baptism of the Holy Spirit. Grace is in everyday life. But he goes on and he says, not only do we reign with him because of his abundant provision of grace, but listen to what he says, but he also helps us to reign with him through the gift, listen to me, the gift of righteousness. If it's a gift, you can't work for it. If it's a gift, you can't earn it. It's a gift. The only thing you can do is receive it. And so how do we reign with Christ? We reign with Christ through the gift of righteousness. Listen to me. We will reign in the future with Christ when he comes, but we, we also reign with him right now because the Bible tells us that we're reigning with him because we're united with him, and as a result of that, we reign like Christ And How did Christ reign when he came to this earth? He reigned over sickness. He reigned over demons. He reigned over sin. He reigned over fear. He reigned over temptation. He was living a blessed, holy life, and because we're united with him, we can live a blessed and holy life. But, but so often, the truth of the matter is, is that we struggle and we forget that we can reign with Christ. We forget who we are. I believe there are countless Christians who are not living in the blessings of God. They're not living with authority, with power, with boldness. They're not living in the glory of their inheritance. Paul says, I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that is given you and how he's made you holy through his glorious inheritance. Listen to me. God is calling us this afternoon to do three things. To remember who we are as children of the king. To go back and take what rightfully belongs to us and fight for what is ours. You see, we often forget. We often struggle with sin. We often fail outwardly. And we don't always live like we should. And as a result of that, we forget who we are in Christ. And and so often we beat ourselves up. So often we let the enemy beat ourselves up. The enemy beats us up with words. The enemy tells us things about ourselves, and we believe the lies because he's the father of lies. And so what he does is he equates your failure with who you are. Because you failed, because you did something wrong, he tells you you're a failure. And so, I want to use this illustration. I did this a couple of weeks ago for my staff, and I thought, man, I got to show this to the church. It was a revelation that God gave me. So, I want you to picture this is you because you've been fasting a lot. Okay. Can you see in the balcony? He's good, good, good. My brother up there, you can see good here, right? Okay, good. All right. And I want you to remember this phrase because my friend. This is the most important phrase that you will ever learn in your lifetime. This is the most important phrase for you to hold on to in your lifetime. Say with me, I am in Christ. I am in Christ. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, when the devil starts to beat you up, when you start beating yourself up, and you start hearing some words that are screamed out at you, and you just you feel real bad about yourself, what, what do you hear? I mean, I want to I hear some things that you hear. When the devil starts beating you up and telling you things about yourself, what does he say about you? Come on, tell me. Anybody? No. You're not. You're, un, you're unworthy. Yeah. Mm, not, you're not worthy. You're, you're, you're a mess up, you know? You're not worthy to come into the presence of God. What else does he say? You're you're a failure. You're a failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? You're not. Yeah. You don't measure up. Not good enough. You know, this one was in every everybody this morning said the same thing that that the devil tells us we're not good. We don't measure up. You know, even though we're pretty good, we just don't ever measure up, right, to what God expects from us. Anybody else? You're, okay, you're a sinner, yeah, mm-hmm, all right, a few more, anybody else, yeah, God love what's that, God doesn't love you. oh man, <laughs> brother, that was good, I'm unloved, yeah, one more, one more, lazy. you're lazy, wow, we had that one the other one too, you're a lazy bum, you're a lazy how do, you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you say B-U-M? bum that's it. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to spell it because I'm going to never use it on myself. Come on, somebody. So, so when you're struggling with your Christianity, when you're struggling to live out your Christianity, the enemy comes and he, he, and he tells you all these things, and you start to believe that. But that's when you have to make the understanding of being in Christ really true in your life, you've got to absorb, you've got to hold on to, you've got to cling to this promise that you are in Christ Jesus. Because what does it actually mean to be in Jesus Christ? Well, it means you place all of your hope and all of your trust in Christ Jesus in the finished work of the cross. And when you place all of your trust in the finished work of your cross you are now placed into Christ let me give you a couple examples of that let's say you're on a ship and that ship is sinking and the Jesus ship comes along and says get on this ship well that's that ship is never gonna sink. you're now in the Jesus ship you're in Christ here's another example of that you are actually Jesus is actually superimposed on all on you well how do i know or how do i see that how do i picture that well listen when when the enemy starts to tell you that you're not good enough when the enemy tells you that you're unloving or you're unloved and you're a failure and that you're a sinner and that you're a lazy bum whatever he might say you need to understand that you are actually in the christ jesus that The person of Jesus is actually all over you and in you and protecting you. So, therefore, as the Bible says, in Christ Jesus, you are complete. In Christ Jesus, you are made perfect. So, when God the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus superimposed upon you. And guess what? There is nothing about any of these words that describe Jesus. Jesus is not a failure, Jesus is worthy. Jesus measures up every single time to the Father's expectation. Jesus is holy and righteous. Jesus is loved by the Father. And Jesus certainly isn't a lazy bum. And so when God looks at you, he sees his son. And so guess what? He sees you as worthy. He sees you as successful. He sees you that you measure up and you're good enough. He sees you as holy. He sees you as loved in the Father. What shall separate me from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus our Lord so let me tell you remember God sees you in Christ Jesus so tomorrow morning when you get up and you feel like a failure just remember that your salvation is found completely in Jesus Christ hallelujah glory (laughs) to God Colossians chapter 2 says you are complete in him in Christ, who is the head over all principalities and powers. That word in the Greek for complete actually means to be filled up. So what it means is that you're full of the righteousness of God. You're full of the holiness of God. That you've got enough of the holiness of God for God to call you holy and righteous. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 says, For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy look what he says he's made you perfect forever turn your neighbor right now and say you are still the funniest looking person i've ever seen but you're perfect in christ that you're perfect in christ i want you to say that with me i want you to say i am complete in christ come on tomorrow morning i want you to look in the mirror and i want you to say i am complete in christ If you you don't believe it, I want you to write it on a three-by-five card, and when the enemy starts to speak to you, I want you to pull it out and say, I am complete in Christ. See, see, you have to determine that you're going to believe what God says about you, not what your wife, your husband, or your children, or anyone else says about you. No, it doesn't matter. The truth of the matter is all you need to know is what God said about you. Glory to God. And the Bible tells me that I am complete in Christ, that I am being made perfect, perfect. I'm perfect in Christ. I am far, far perfect in my own self. That's my wife. But in Christ, I'm perfect. Let me give you a couple of other things. Let me give you a couple of other promises of who we are in Christ. In Christ Jesus, you were given grace before the world was created. He gave us grace in Christ Jesus before the ages began, 2 Timothy, verse 1, chapter 1. In Christ Jesus, you were chosen by God before creation. God chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world, Ephesians 1. In Christ Jesus, you are loved by God with an inseparable love. I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers or heights, or death, or anything else in creation will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans eight. In Christ Jesus, you were redeemed and forgiven for all of your all of your sins were done away with in Christ. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, Ephesians 1. In Christ Jesus, you were justified. That word justified means that it's just like we've never sinned. We are justified before God, and the righteousness of God in Christ is imputed upon us. It's given to us as a gift for our sake. God made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to say I'm complete. I want you to say, I'm perfect. I want you to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So powerful. In Christ Jesus, you've become a new creation and sons of God, daughters of God. If anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Jesus Christ, you are all sons of God through faith, Galatians chapter 3. In in Christ Jesus, you've been seated in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Second Corinthians chapter 1. All, all the promises of God are yes to you. You're the recipient, the benefactor of every promise you can find in the scripture. They all belong to you. That's why they call it the New Testament. It's your testament in the sense that it belongs to you now. You can claim it as yours. In Christ Jesus, you are being sanctified and made holy to the church of God that is in Corinth. To those sanctified, the word sanctified is I'm becoming like Jesus. Positionally, I am like Christ. And progressively, I'm becoming more like Jesus every day. In Christ Jesus, everything I really need will be supplied. Listen to me. My God shall supply every need according to his riches in glory, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, you have eternal life, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord, Romans 6. And I love this one. In Christ Jesus, you will be raised from the dead at the coming of our Lord. For as in Adam all died, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. All those united to Adam in the first first humanity will die. All those united to Christ in the new humanity rise and live again. In Christ we are complete. Completely forgiven. Completely justified. Completely righteous. Completely holy. Completely sanctified. And completely loved by God. As the worship team comes this afternoon, I want to encourage every one of you, just like Simba, you need to go back. You need to go back to where you belong as a believer. Some of you, you've walked away from your intimate walk with God. Some of you are lukewarm, you're cold, you're indifferent. Some of you have just really forgotten who you are in Christ. And as a result of that, the enemy has stolen your joy. He's trying to steal your identity. He's trying to steal your legacy. He's trying to steal who you really are. You see, the devil hates your guts. You know why? Because he knows who you are. He knows what belongs to you. He knows that you will reign with God. He knows that you're the rightful heir. He is not the rightful heir of this world. He is not the rightful heir of the kingdom of God. You, my friend, are sons and daughters of God, and it's time for you to come back home to where God can start blessing you again and fight for what belongs to you. It's time for you to stand up and fight for your family, fight for your marriage, fight for your identity, Fight for the righteousness that God gave you. Fight for this world. Fight for your church. And fight for the blessings of God in your life. Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would help us to recognize who we are in Christ. And Lord, I pray, God, today for your children, for the people of God, that we would rise up and reign with you in Christ, Lord. Lord. That we would take our rightful place in the kingdom. That we would know that we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That we would know that we are the head and not the tail. That we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. That every day we would live with that assurance. That every day we would rise up and we would reign with you in heavenly places. God, you sent the spirit and you gave us authority. May we walk in that authority. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Maybe you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. You say, Pastor, I'm not certain if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I've never given my life to Christ. Or maybe I'm just not growing in Christ and I need to surrender my life to God today. I need to surrender to Christ today. I want you to just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want to surrender my life to Christ today. I want to give my life over to God today. I want you to raise your hand right now if you're in this place. Yeah. Say, yes, I want to give my life over to God today. Anybody in the balcony? Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else today? Yes, yes. I'm not certain. If I died today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my life and be my Lord. Raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you right now. Anybody else? God bless you. Bless you. I want you to all to stand to your feet right now. Would you stand to your feet right now? Would you please stand to your feet? Mm-hmm. How many of you in this room, you're a Christian, and um, the truth is, you've just lost your way. You've forgotten who you are, and as a result of that, you've been discouraged. You've been feeling like, what's my purpose in life? You're not living the fullest ability that God, the capability that God has for your life, and today, you want to just stand up and say, yes, by the grace of God, as I learn the word, as I get back to where God wants me to be, I'm, I'm going to fight for what belongs to me, and I'm going to do it all in the grace of God in my life. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. You're speaking to me today, Pastor Steve. Come on, raise your hand. You're speaking to me today, Pastor Steve. You're speaking to me today, Pastor Steve. I want to fight for what belongs to me today. Well, I want to pray for you today, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the counselors to come right now, and they've got some information for you. They want to give you some information. You say, man, today's a new day. I want to start all over again. But this time I'm going to reign with Christ. I'm going to believe that God is doing a great work in my life. I'm going to believe that, that God has made me who I am, and I'm going to walk in that by faith today. But you know what? We all need somebody to pray for us. We all need somebody to just help us along the way. So these counselors want to pray for you. They want to pray for you. And so whatever the need is today, maybe you raised your hand today and said, yeah, I want Christ to come into my life. Please don't leave this place until you've come and you've received some information about how you can live that victorious life today. We've got a free gift we want to give you. But maybe you are already a Christian, but you just say, you know what? I want somebody to agree with me in prayer. I'm going to live like a, a warrior, a victorious person in my life. I need prayer. Maybe you need a miracle in your life, whatever it may be today. We're here Pray for you. So I want to pray. We're gonna make a proclamation of victory today, and then I'm gonna leave the platform. I'm gonna go in the back, and I'm gonna be spanning in the back, and I'm gonna be looking for all you men. And I'm gonna be looking for you to sign up for the men's boot camp. Because you know what? That's a part of living in victory, is you got to keep growing, you gotta keep on feeding your faith you got to keep on getting together with other brothers in Christ and doing more together. So I'm going to be looking. And uh, if I don't see you signing up, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a come after you. But let me pray for you right now. Everybody, just, just let's raise our hands together and make a proclamation of faith today. That we're going to live the way God wants us to live, through faith, through, through grace and faith alone. Come on, raise your hand. I know some of you like, "Oh, I can't do it. I can't raise my hand. I'm just too tired today, too weary." Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Come on, raise your hand. Say, "Father, thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus. You are the Lion King, and I am the rightful heir of the Father's kingdom, and I am blessed." I'm blessed yes. come on I'm blessed yes. But say it like you mean it with attitude I'm blessed, I'm blessed. By, grace. by grace through faith, faith. I am righteous. righteous because of what you did Christ I will stand I will remind myself who I am in Christ and I will live in the boldness of God in the name of Jesus I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And I can do all things through Christ, in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap. offering. Hallelujah.